Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Shoot and the Shift podcast. I'm once again joined by Antonio and Jeff. Guys, spring training is right around the corner. But first, Trevor Bauer is officially a Los Angeles Dodger. Yeah, I mean, he just signed he just signed the biggest contract in the history. <laughs> like this contract is wild. $40 million a year that shatters every AAV record that was out there. Um, so it's a three-year, $102 million deal. The numbers just make me shudder. $40 million this year. $45 million next year. Opt-outs after 21 and 22. Yeah, I mean, he's he's, definitely not opting out after year one. No, I wouldn't. Uh, Trevor Bauer now has a higher, like, is getting paid more money than some teams have on their entire payroll. Legend. Like, that's insane. I I mean, and Will, you, you think you and Jeff both said the Dodgers overpaid for Bauer. Um, I, I just think this was going to be his market after last season. I just like, I, I, this I was just going to be his market. I agree. But you look at Garrett Cole, who's getting slightly less than Bauer, but has proven to be over the long run, better than Trevor Bauer. In my opinion, I think no, everybody's yeah, opinion. But I, now granted Trevor Bauer had an amazing year. And it was it was a shortened season, so I I think if they really wanted to shot this kind of money, we should have seen a full season of Trevor Bauer, like he had last year. Now, if he had a year like last year for a full season, oh yeah, he he deserves the money wholeheartedly. Yeah, but here's the thing: the Dodgers have never once cared about the money. The Dodgers are just going to pay whoever they want, however much they want. Uh, so I mean. The, the fact that the Mets were also up there with Bauer with this kind of, I think the Mets actually offered more. more. I, I mean, it just kind of talks about the, I think this move, this contract goes beyond just baseball. I think it's the electricity that Trevor Bauer br- brings, um, his off the field presence. I think that's a big draw for baseball teams. It's certainly a big reason why I like Trevor Bauer. I think, A lot of times, uh, baseball players now kind of get one-dimensional. They're a baseball player. Trevor Bauer is just an electric factory everywhere he goes. So I think the $40 million a year, three-year 102, kind of is also a reflection of that. I think the main reason, look, Trevor Bauer, does he deserve to be the the highest-paid player in baseball, a.k.a. what you would assume would then mean the best player in baseball? No. He's not the best player in baseball. He's not the best pitcher in baseball. But ultimately, what it came down to is the fact that he wanted the shorter deal. He didn't get the the multi-year mega deal. So the teams didn't have to commit to a decade of Trevor Bauer, even five to seven years. 
they're getting him short term. They get him in his prime years and don't have to worry about his arm deteriorating or anything. But the flip side of that is for those likely two years that he's going to be a Dodger, he's going to be the highest paid player in baseball. Yeah, and I think, uh, do you think this contract could be a reaction to uh, L.A. looking down the road in San Diego and seeing them load up? Uh, Maybe the Dodgers were just like, all right, we're just going to mess around, get weird with it, spend all this money, and then no one will ever be talking about how good the Padres rotation is because we have three of the top ten pitchers in baseball. I I think so, yes, but I also think – the Dodgers spent a fortune to get Trevor Bauer. The Padres only gave up a couple of prospects and they still kept most of their top prospects to go out and get guys like you Darvish. So uh, granted, don't get me wrong. The Dodgers made a huge move here. And obviously this puts them number one, probably in the NL. I know Jeff's not going to like to hear that, but I still think the Dodgers are now solidifying their number one seed in the NL. No, but I agree. They're, top dogs in the NL but I also think the Padres still have a fighting chance here the NL West has been the Dodgers they've just been running around destroying the division the past couple of years basically the past decade I wonder if the Padres are going to turn around this year and try and compete now granted we only saw a shortened season of the Padres but it was still fun to watch the Padres play it was fun to watch the Dodgers play but the electricity that the Slam Diego Padres bring, I I think there's a fighting chance for them this year. Yeah, so I mean, it was kind of a reaction. Obviously, when the Padres are making moves, they're your biggest threat in the division, maybe your biggest threat in the whole National League. Yeah, you got to make an answer, but do I think that that's the sole reason they went out and got Trevor Bauer? No, and I think it's been seen the last couple of years in, with the fact that the Dodgers have tried to do this every offseason. They've gone to the top players on the market if they've been around late into the offseason and offered those short-term high AAV deals. They did it with Granke. They did it with, um, with Bryce even. They've mm-hmm. gone after everyone, but everyone's consistently wanted the, the more security of a long-term deal. Bauer, it's been noted that Bauer was open to short-term deals since he broke into the league. Famously, yeah, Bauer only Bauer, gonna sign one-year deals. Yeah, Bauer uh, has a had a bet with one of his buddies that if he ever signed a a deal that was more than one year long, he had to get shot in the nuts with a paintball gun. So uh, here we go, Trevor Bauer gonna get shot in the nuts with a paintball gun. I wonder if he's gonna pull that. Well, it really could only be a one-year deal with the opt-outs. That would I think be wild. You could just slide uh, that friend a, a milli or two and get out of it, though. I that's if you if one of you two were doing that to me, that's what I would do. I'd just give you a couple million and we'll call it even. Um, but I mean, and I know I said we weren't going to talk about it, but now that we're ta- now that we're talking about Trevor Bauer, I am the Mets got absolutely gone over, screwed, and I can't be happier. The Mets fans are in Spain without the S. Uh, it is utter pain. It's like coming down the stairs on Christmas morning and there's nothing under the tree. That's 
that's how happy I am that the Mets fans got trolled to no end. Trevor Bauer apologized to them. I don't think there was a need for an apology, but the Mets fans were so happy. And just to see that get ripped away from them when he said he's going to Los Angeles, it made my 2021. My favorite thing was, uh, you know, I was uh, binge watching some Marvel movies with friend of the pod, Faye Shesty, noted Mets fan. And uh, the show. Yeah. And he uh, he stops us for a second and says. The Mets have a deal with Trevor Bauer. Like, what? Where are you hearing this? I'm normally the first of the roommates and stuff to get any of the news. And he says, Bob Nightingale tweeted it. I was like, so maybe, maybe you have a deal with Trevor Bauer. Not 20 minutes later, others are reporting no deal, no deal, no deal. Bob Nightingale has had a nightmare of an offseason. He's just had a terrible time of it. Poor boob. Uh, but yeah, the Mets fans getting absolutely screwed over. I, there's it, there's very little that brings me that much joy in life, thinking we got one of the top pitchers in baseball. And it's just like, yeet. No, you don't. Um, there's not With many things I that, hate. Uh, that, that boob nightingale gets things wrong, though. I think it's time for him he to, hangs up to hang Twitter. up the laptop and uh, and goes and becomes a weatherman. I hear you can get that wrong all the time and still get <laughs> Still, yeah, I mean, uh, boob, boob, pretty good at it. Uh, boob Nightingale has had a rough, 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 rough off season. Uh, a lot of a lot in the insider scoop community are questioning his quick twitch abilities to keep moving forward. There's talk it might be time for him to hang up the keyboard and call it and just ride off into the sunset. I hate to say it, but didn't John Heyman have this one again? John Heyman did. Dude gets all the big ones. He got the Bryce Harper one. More people blocked than maybe any other reporter, <laughs> but he still breaks more news than any other ones. He but consistently man, has all the big signings. Yeah, to wrap it up, I mean, I said to Will right before the podcast, gun to my head, someone tells me I have to root for the Mets or I'm dead. I'm pulling the trigger myself. I'd rather be six feet under in a wooden box than a Mets fan. I'm with you. All right. Well, that settles that. That um, we're moving on. The truck has left one Citizens Bank Park way and is headed to Clearwater, Florida. Ladies and gentlemen, we are nine days away from pitchers and catchers reporting to spring training, and Super Bowl was last night. It's officially a baseball season. Thank God. I don't know what a Super Bowl is, but can you say that that spring training thing again with a little ASMR vibe? We are, ladies and gentlemen, we are nine days away from pitchers and catchers reporting the spring training. Baseball's back, baby! It's time for some baseball. And we can actually get excited about pitchers and catchers reporting because we weren't sure, but we like <laughs> our catcher. Yeah, we really like our catcher for the next five years. Um, it's just, it's so invigorating. I call. I was talking to my grandpa today. He was talking about the Super Bowl. He goes, yep, but now it's time. The Phillies are about to be starting soon. And I said, that's right, Pops. We're getting ready for the Phillies. Uh, 
just the first spring training games, February 27th. And I can't, I, I wish I could be in Clearwater this March for spring training. I'm not traveling because we're obviously in a pandemic, but if I could travel, that's where I'd be. I'd be forgoing everything else and just sitting in Clearwater in Spectrum Field 24-7. Yeah, there's so much I'm excited for with this spring training. I mean, a decent amount of new pitchers. I mean, I don't think there's anyone I'm more excited to see, in my personal opinion, than to see that Jose Alvarado frisbee. (laughs) Or the two-seamer, just in and out like that. Um, I am... There's, I'm, there's a lot, there's a lot of storylines this offseason. I think there's a fifth rotation spot up for grabs to really whatever pitcher comes out and does well. Cause I, I look at the top four and you have Nola one, Wheeler two, Eflin three, and I think uh, Howard four. And that fifth spot could go to uh, Chase Anderson, Vince Velasquez, really anyone who kind of steps up in spring training and is, and proves that they deserve that spot. Yeah, I'd expect to see a, a battle, maybe even for the four and five spots. Um, I know that before I was heavier on the fact that Spencer Howard will likely be in the opening day rotation. Now it's starting to seem like maybe that's up in the air, but I'm expecting a competition between Velasquez, Howard, Chase Anderson, and Matt Moore. Yep. And so do I'm you think excited if- about Matt Moore? I, I also am excited about Matt Moore. Um, Jeff, Will, question. If Spencer Howard isn't in the opening day rotation, do you think he starts the season in Triple uh, A or in the bullpen? Triple A. I, I, yeah. I don't think we see a way that he starts opening day in the bullpen. I, I think, see, to, to me, be honest – oh, go ahead, Jeff. To me, it's simple as to why he wouldn't start in the bullpen. If he's not in the opening day rotation, he's going to be a starting pitcher for either our MLB team or our AAA team. Because yeah. Spencer Howard, you saw him start off all his games pretty well. Yep. And, and then he would kind of lose it maybe around the fourth or fifth inning. And so, yeah, while well, you think, oh, that could help us in the bullpen getting an inning or two. But like Spencer Howard has a lot of upside still. A lot of upside. You need him to be a starter for you long term. Yeah, I I don't I don't disagree with that. Right, I don't disagree with that. But I think they're like, you know, some people make the argument of as long as he's still seeing major league batters. But I I also agree. I kind of threw that out there. Maybe one of you two would say the bullpen. But I think if he's not opening day rotation, you got to go triple A. I think that's a very lot. Like he didn't have that triple A season. He was supposed to last year, and they kind of rushed him up. Yeah. So I think maybe him getting back down for uh, one or two months just to yep. build that stamina, get his confidence back up, and then bring him back up to the majors. Um, I think and it would do wonders. Enemies. Yep. So I think that's there's kind of a lot of uh, really avenues to explore in spring training. The other thing to question is center field. Um, is Adam Hazley the everyday center fielder? Is Got Kingery, the everyday center fielder. Uh, Jackie Bradley Jr. is still a free agent. Um, how much has his market come down? Do the Phillies take a, a short three-year deal with him for 
15 million dollars a year um there there's a lot of questions still to be answered i i'm actually shocked to see jackie bradley jr not off the market yet i think he is he's a great he's a great glove in the outfield and kind of is is good enough at the plate with his bat to kind of make teams interested in him so i'd be interested to see when he's getting ready to sign kind of where his market's at given those options i think far and away my preferred choice is not to go and spend more money on the offense i think we've we've done enough with the offense if we're throwing any more money at the team i want it to be either to the rotation preferably the bullpen and i mean a lot of people are starting to get down on adam hazley and even kingery i mean i still think those are viable major league players kingery has looked all right in center before yeah i think the the most important thing with kingery when he's looked at his best is when he's had positional consistency where he doesn't have to worry every day am i playing short second center left like if he can just focus on okay this is my position now let me focus on the hitting side of it i I think that benefits him a lot but uh, hazley always hazley flashes um kingery flashes and i mean there's just there's a lot lot to do with that position but i agree with you jeff i'd prefer to see probably um I think you can get two, one or two cheap bullpen arms that kind of help shore things up, or maybe one a little slightly more expensive bullpen arm and a, a starter. Uh, but I think those that's where the Phillies need to kind of round out the offseason before uh, pitchers and catchers. Yeah, when we're looking at the likely eighth spot in our lineup, no matter who it is, if it's Jackie Bradley Jr., if it's Scott Kingery, if it's Adam Hazley, any of those guys in this lineup are – batting eighth yeah that's that's just where they are i'm not too concerned um you know i feel pretty confident in a playable platoon of kingery and uh kingery and hazley with both guys having slight positional variability just for uh for hazley to maybe spell mccutcheon and left some days or for kingery to move into second base and give a day off to Segura. I think it still provides a lot of versatility to give days off to guys. And it's just, I just don't think we need to pump more money into the offense. Yeah, I agree. I think we look at, at Hazley now, granted last year probably wasn't one of his best, but I mean, he was, I wouldn't say he was consistent, but it was always contact. He wasn't a power guy, but at the bottom of that lineup, he provided the contact, got runners on base, and then it went back to the top of the lineup. And half the time he ended up scoring just because he got on base. That's something that the Phillies have, I don't want to say they struggled with, but it seems at that bottom of that lineup, that that's always been a problem is getting runners on base. Sure, you got Bryce, Reese, and JT at the top of that lineup. But the bottom half of the lineup has always been a problem for the Phillies. Now, granted, Scott Kingery didn't have a great year last year. Unfortunately, he got COVID, and and that kind of I think really messed up uh, his just his overall play last year. So I think we'll see a bounce back here from Kingery, and I think somehow we have to either put him or Hazley. I don't, I don't, I agree with you, Jeff. I don't think we go out and get Jackie Bradley Jr. I think we have to stay with either Kingery or Hazley. Still got Roman Quinn. Um, huh. yeah. def- when defensive- he's healthy. 
when he's healthy, um, but defensively, sometimes not the strongest. But I think either you got to go with Hazley probably starting in center field for me for opening day. Yeah, you brought up two things I wanted to address. I was going to say we haven't even mentioned Roman Quinn. I tend to like him better off the bench, bringing just being able to plug his speed in to somebody already on base. Yeah, 100%. Late in games, I think yep. I, I like that. That's how I like using him. I don't necessarily like him being in for a full game. Um, and I don't trust him to stay healthy for a full game. But uh, with Hazley, I, I like his contact. I, I like his bat. I'd like to see him get more opportunities against lefties. Yeah. But the main thing that I need to see is when he first came up, I was actually very impressed by his defense. Yeah. He made a couple of really nice plays in his first season. And then last year, you just saw a crazy amount of regression. You saw him missing. You saw the whole outfield making or missing some pretty routine plays. And that's just something that I need Hazley to clean up. If he's going to stick around, he needs to clean up. He needs to at least find the middle ground between where his defense was in his first year and where his defense was in his last year. I think defensively, one thing that's going to change from this year to last year is just having spring training in general. Last year, it was kind of just, all right, guys, here's a couple weeks, and then you're rushed into the season. I think now, with a couple months of spring training, I think – we're going to see a lot more strong on the defensive side for the Phillies in the outfield overall. I hope so. I hope God so. God willing. I, I mean, can't watch another fly ball just land behind somebody. Uh, but I think, yeah, I mean, we've covered kind of that's, those are the main storylines with the Phillies going into spring training. I think uh, the yeah, most important the, thing obviously is getting one more, one or two more arms for the team just to kind of, make me even more confident going into the season. I already think our bullpen is obviously very easy to do leaps and bounds ahead of where they were last season. Um, I really like Caleb Cotham as a pitching coach. I think he's going to be able to do a lot of good work with a lot of the guys that we have. Uh, and that excites me. Um, but that's just uh, the excitement of, I know you really can't like necessarily hear it in my voice, but right now, but the excitement of having baseball back in nine days something that like i i look forward to pitchers and catchers day every year just because it signals the beginning of probably the greatest six months six to eight months out of the year where there's just a baseball game on every night where we just get to sit down and watch watch the game we all love um and that's going news about the the upcoming season of uh, the a clown of all clowns, Robert Manfred, sent on Friday uh, uh, an internal MLB memo to general managers, assistant managers, and equipment managers outlining what they call a minor change that might combine to reduce offense slightly in the 2021 season. That is fancy language for, for the past couple seasons. The baseballs have been juiced. And we're, we're changing that around. I'm just really confused by the whole situation because Manfred before said the baseballs are the same. The baseballs are the same. So why all of a sudden do they need to make some adjustments to account for the 
large uptick in power over the last two years. Yeah, so this is multiple sources confirm the ball's construction will change slightly and five more teams are adding humidors for ball storage, all part of the MLB's attempt to reduce the recent year-to-year swings in home run rates league-wide. Yeah, at a point, it looked like I could step up and hit double-digit home runs over a year. (laughs) I mean, it's just... But, I mean, obviously, they, they thought that more home runs equals more excitement at the ballparks. Now that's not wrong, but I mean, if we're going to sit here and say that the balls have been juiced, I mean, that takes away so much of the purity of the game. Yeah. They made it all about home runs, strikeouts and walks. That was it. I mean, home runs are exciting, but people want to see the ball in play runners moving around plays yeah. being made by right outfielders and so that's hopefully what this is geared at towards and but i don't know if you guys saw whit merrifield commented on that whole three true outcome situation he was saying plain and simple what you need to do is just start paying the guys who spread the ball to all fields start paying the guys who put the ball in play so, I mean, that's got to yeah, be the next be... step in this situation. But hopefully the this admittance and change that the balls were juiced before does at least some good. Right. It's like um, you got to pay guys like uh, DJ LeMahieu who just put the ball in play. But I do think baseball was moving more and more towards that three true outcomes. Um, but I'm hoping that. So they said, um, just kind of like breezing through the article that was published by uh, Eno Saris and Ken Rosenthal in The Athletic about five hours ago. Um, The KBO actually did uh, a similar step. And they saw that it like the the home run rate dropped. Um, I don't know if it's going to drop as much in the MLB as it did in the KBO, but slugging was down 14% and homers were cut by a third. I don't think you'll see that drastic of a change in uh, the MLB, but I think uh, you can expect a slight reduction to kind of slugging. Um, I'm really hoping and praying that with the uh, deader balls that it brings back uh, some of the pitchers' duels that we kind of grew up watching. My favorite part of baseball. Yeah, I think we've gone away from that a lot. I mean, we look at some of the great pitchers today, and they're only going six, seven innings now, and it's like they're lucky to get to seven innings. And it's like you know that they could get to nine, but the amount of home runs and the amount of just the pop off the ball. I mean, obviously now we're seeing it, but that was what was taking away from these pitching duels. And, and it was sad because that was something exciting to always see. I know what I want brought back is the, the opposite field gappers. That's what I need to uh, see. That's... I love a pitcher's duel, but there's something beautiful about a guy going opposite field, poking one down the line, putting one into the corner or right between like the, the right fielder and center fielder or center fielder and left fielder. That's baseball at its purest. Yeah, a guy just sit, sitting back, waiting for the ball, putting it. 
I mean, oh, you see, I mean, we see it all the time that guys get into these moments and they just try to swing for the fences. And I mean, just put the ball in, in, in play because when you put the ball in play, magic can happen. I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not going to tell Bryce Harper when it's a base is loaded in the bottom of the ninth against the Cubs and he gets a hang and change up to just put the ball in play. No, hammer that song bitch out of the stadium. But if it's the third inning and you want to move some guys around, just poke the ball in play. For sure. Um, is is there really any anything else you guys want to talk about this week? Uh, anything we may have missed? Will, you're our like, timekeeper and uh, secretary. You do all our planning. What else? What else do we need to talk about? Uh, just real quick, two kind of I, I don't want to say big deals, but they're they're kind of decent. Uh, Colton Wong, two year deal, eighteen million with the Brewers, and Sean Lude Doolittle signing with the Reds, one year, one point five million dollar contract, with I mean, a lot of signing incentives. So. We'll see. I mean, that's just uh, those are just uh, kind of contracts that teams need. I mean, I like Colton Wong. Yeah. Um, he's apparently the the Cardinals made no attempt to they resign did, they him. Didn't want him. I I was kind of surprised, but they just got Arenado. So are we really surprised? I I, I don't. Yeah, I don't think they're concerned about their infield. Apparently, his nickname is Wonger. That's that's great. That's great. That's a great nickname. I'm confused as to what the Reds are doing. They move on from Archie Bradley. They move on from Rysel Iglesias. So I, I it seems like they're selling off rebuild. their pen. Yeah, but then they sign a older dropping off closer. Uh, I don't know. Maybe they still think they can compete in the NL Central as a wild card. Maybe. Nah. I guess they, nah. they still need some arms. So. Maybe yeah, that's I mean, just what it is. Trying to get innings out of their bullpens, semi-consistent guys. But I, I think, because it sucks. Because coming into last season, we were talking about the Reds lineup as they were, were going to be a stacked team in the NL Central. We were thinking maybe even making it to the World Series for the NL, possibly. Yeah, but now I mean they're just looking at the tides of the NL Central, and it's I, I don't know what it's like for them. Uh, third, third, third now. Division. Yeah, I mean, I obviously I think uh, St. Louis is my number or number one, and we have uh, the Cubs there as well. So uh, I mean, that's they they've kind of fallen off. But uh, that's it for this week's episode. Um, within the next two three weeks, we'll be coming at you with our official predictions for the MLB season, predicting division winners, playoffs all the way up to World Series, maybe looking at some award-type things. Um, we thank you for joining us. Will, Jeff, thanks for hanging out. Um, remember, ladies and gentlemen, pitchers and catchers report in nine days. It is officially baseball season. Tom Brady, congratulations on your seventh uh, Super Bowl last night. But uh, it's baseball season now, so go kiss your kids somewhere else. Uh, we'll see you next week. Peace out. Tuttles.